Welcome to the Fierce Leadership Podcast. My name is Melissa Levelardi, and today I get to introduce you to the first in a series that we're calling Best Of. Today we're going to hear a throwback episode recorded by Pastor Carter and Pastor Brandon about reliability and how doors rarely open if we don't have a reputation for being reliable. This comes from a post that Carter wrote called The Leadership Mistake You May Not See Coming. This post is for young leaders who are trying to move forward in their leadership walk, but maybe have some undisciplined areas they need to confront. If you find today's content helpful, don't forget to share it with your friends and perhaps a leader in your life who could use some encouragement from God's word. Hint, that's kind of everybody. All right, let's dive into six things you can do to become a more promotable leader. Let's do it. My name is Mark Carter, and I'm with my very favorite worship pastor, Pastor Brandon Atkins. Hey, hey. We can't wait to dive in today. What are we talking about? Today, we're talking about the six things that a leader can do to improve their promotability. Ooh. You know, so Mark, you talk about in your blog the, the leadership mistake you may not see coming. Uh, you talk about reliability being the thing that holds a lot of people back from promotion and their yeah. leadership. So uh, tell me, why is reliability a problem in the church? Yeah, you know, um, and first let me just say that I can empathize with feeling overlooked or feeling like I'm being passed up, you know, wanting more influence, wanting a louder voice maybe in the organization or in the church or something like that. And I certainly know what it's like to experience people not do well with that. So, um, you know, we've seen folks who, who start to give excuses for why they're slacking, why they're not necessarily very reliable. And it's everything from, hey, it's a no call, no show. Uh, someone's just AWOL for the day. They get fleshy. Hey, I just needed uh, a day to myself is sometimes called. Men- mental health day. Yeah, right. Day. <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe sometimes they're just inflexible. So they are reliable, but it's reliably inflexible. So they can't really do what you need them to do. And I think the sad thing is it just holds people back. Like it closes doors. Um, it causes higher level leaders who might take an interest in mentoring that person to not want to invest in them. And I think where the disconnect is, is people need to remember everyone who's an aspiring leader. Hey, man, we reap what we sow mm-hmm. and an ounce of foolishness can destroy a pound of wisdom, like Ecclesiastes 10.1 says. And um, I think another place it breaks down is we don't understand the spiritual results of being unreliable. So there's like practical unreliability. Yeah. I'm not doing the thing. I'm not doing my job thing. Or there's also just as the Lord views me, I'm not doing what he wants me to in my heart as I'm just walking through life. And I think Saul, King Saul, is a is a perfect example of this. So King Saul, you know, he's supposed to be this great leader. But we find in 1 Samuel 15, he's building a monument to himself. That sounds smart. Yeah. <laughs> I always do that. Very promotable. Um, and while he's doing that, at the very same moment, we see the Lord telling Samuel, I'm so sad that I made this guy king. Yeah. And I think we don't, that's really for us. Like we need to recognize there'll be times you think you are killing it and you are making a monument to yourself. And what if the Lord is sad that he even put you in that position? Because from the heart perspective, yes, people might think it's cool on social media, but your heart has so drifted from the Lord that um, he's now experiencing sadness. And so I feel like we're not monitoring both of those. Okay. Instead, we're only monitoring the outer one, and that's what we need to talk about today. So. Yeah, that's huge. You mentioned the heart, and I'm thinking about David, too, uh, and Saul. And, and I was thinking about when um, when Saul needs a personal musician to come and play for him, and David has selected his officials. Saul's officials are, are listing off all these characteristics. And they list off all the external characteristics first, and then the last one they list is 
the Lord is with him. They, they, they say he's courageous. He's a warrior. He has a way with words. Um, he's handsome, which little bonus commentary. Not a lot of people know this, but <laughs> handsomeness is, it helps with playing music. So, uh, up to 80%. Yeah. It's not, not intuitive if you're not a musician, but up to 80% of sounding good as a musician is looking cool. Wow. Um, so that's why I don't know if you've that ever explains it. a lot. Yeah. That's why, I mean, that's, we don't wear the skinny jeans cause they're comfortable. Right. Um, so, Brilliant. and then the last thing they list is, and the Lord is with him. That's the first time they mentioned something about his heart. Um, and so I think our, our takeaway, my takeaway from that, that passage is, is, you know, the people who, who have authority given to them to promote, uh, you know, the leader, um, they're going to see all the external characteristics first. I can't see you. You may have a great heart for the Lord, but I don't see that right. except for what you do to yeah. show to show me your heart. So that's totally it, man. That's why I think reliable, reliability is so huge, and I'm excited. I can't wait to learn more about it. Yeah, man, we got to care about this. It says in Proverbs seventeen three, God tests the heart, and He wants to see if we're faithful. So the question be that we're talking about today is: Are you a leader God can trust? How much might it be costing us? If we're spiritually unreliable, Jesus was reliable. David's unreliable. Or sorry, Jesus was reliable. David was reliable. Are we trusting that as we demonstrate heart reliability before the Lord, that he's really going to take us the wisest way? We sometimes think we just need to polish the exterior, but God's interested in really making leaders on the inside that he wants people to follow, Mm -hmm. not just people who are maybe gifted at leadership. And so... Yeah, that's that's what we're going to pull apart. That sounds huge, man. I can't wait. So, Mark, what are the six things that a leader can do to become more promotable? Yeah, so I've kind of split these up between internal and external. So there's the internal stuff. And, and really, I believe this is where we lose it quick, the quickest. In other words, there's there's my heart stuff. It's not even something I go do. It's something I'm thinking about and something I'm trying to shape through prayer in my life. So number one is humble myself, like just at a very basic level. Um, am I walking in brokenness before the Lord? First Peter five, six, Peter says, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt you at the proper time. All right. And I feel like, I mean, you and I have seen, we've walked a long time together. And so, you know, we, we got the privilege of starting the church together back in the day. And we've just seen a lot of awesome leaders, but we've also seen a percentage of up and coming leaders in the organization that are knowledgeable, but unbroken. Mm. So they, 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 they kind of know a lot of Bible maybe, but they haven't let the Lord humble them yet. And so because of that, he can't promote them. And yet they haven't considered this thing that I think we should all consider, which is, is it possible I'm less reliable than I think I am? Yeah. I mean, is it possible that if the Lord really turned me loose, I would jack a bunch of stuff up? Right. I mean, you know. <laughs> Do more damage than good. Right. I mean, think about some of the ones that we've even seen fall over the past few years that were a little more dramatic. Mm-hmm. You know, is it possible that... If, if there would have just been a little bit more time to shape their heart, some of that damage might have been avoided. I don't know, but I think we should be concerned about that. So I think some things we can do is ask for honest feedback. So, I mean, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your team, whether it's the people that serve under you, you just say, hey, man, how convinced are you that my yes is yes? Yeah. I mean, you know, am I reliable to, in your eyes or do I, am I looking at myself through a little bit of rose-colored glasses? And I think part of that is recognizing that, hey, man, you might think you're reliable, but our reliability before the Lord shows up before other people. And so I think we just got to keep that in mind. And that sounds like it takes a while. Sounds like it takes some time. Yeah, it's going to be patience, man. It's not microwave. All right. So humble yourself. Number one. What's number two? Yep. So decide God is worth my best and doesn't owe me anything. 
Come on, man. Yeah, so you think about David. I mean, here's a guy. People know like he's supposed to be king, right? I mean, right, right. not only does Samuel do it, but then Abigail even later is like, hey, man, you're going to be king. So clearly people are understanding this is supposed to happen. But never once does he say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, finally. Yeah, Long like, of, of course I am. Like, <laughs> he, there's no entitlement that we're sensing in right. David. And, but we have an entitlement problem sometimes with God. And and I think this is what really gets us, man. I think when we get into self-pity because maybe God's not using us the way we wish or or not as much as so-and-so, we need to recognize that self-pity is often a demonic attack on us. Say that again. Self-pity is often a demonic attack on us. Like the enemy's trying to rope us into self-pity. And we can be just like Elijah. Elijah's like declaring before the Lord, I'm the only one that's left, you know, and the Lord's like, dude, I got 700 other prophets that are just fine. They didn't bow the knee. And yet we can get very entitled, like, because I did X, now Y should be true. And we just need to recognize, especially in in the culture and time of comparison, where you're watching everybody, you can see people across the world, and who knows how long it took God to raise them up or do what they're doing, but you're like, I should have it now. Mm -hmm. Um, I can get discouraged by this. There's there's times I'll go faster through the social media feed just because I'm like, oh, I don't want to wrestle with that comparison. So I think if we just decide as leaders and as servants, hey, I'm going to have the attitude. Look, God doesn't owe me anything. Um, I'm going to be reliable before him if no one ever sees it. So maybe I've got a ministry that's completely obscure and hidden. I'm going to keep doing this before the Lord because that's what's reliable toward the Lord. Mm-hmm. If no one else does it, if no one else sees it, I'm going to do it. That's huge, man. Self-pity is a demonic attack. I love that. So we've got humble yourself. We've got decide God is worth my best and doesn't owe me anything. What's number three? Number three is thank God for withholding blessing or promotion if this means it's actually what's best for my soul mm. and my future. And if God is doing it, it, it is what's best. Yeah, that's right. I think sometimes, bro, that we're not walking in the reality that Jesus – said it was dangerous to seek exaltation. Hmm. He's like, dude, you're going to have a humbling coming if you do this in Matthew 23, 12. And I feel like, I mean, you know this, we've, we've, we've done this. We've all done this to a degree. We've worn ourselves out trying to push something that God isn't trying to push right at that moment. And there's grace because you figure that out as you go. But I mean, I remember, you know, probably 2014, we, we went multi-site. And it really just wasn't God's timing. I mean, we did it, but we barely did it. And then as, you know, as I look at that now, I'm like, oh, it's so much easier to see how my motives weren't totally right when we did that. And today I praise him ultimately that he gave us wisdom to unmultisite for that season because we weren't strong enough to do it. But I think this is what we under, we underthink about. Like we're, we're into doing and getting done, but we underthink, look, man, God is all wise and he loves me more than I can fathom. Yeah, that's good. And what that means is he is not opposed to temporarily causing us sadness if it leads to the highest joy. Mm. So God's got this blueprint in heaven that is like so complete. He he so knows what he's doing in such beyond human wisdom. His ways are higher than our ways that if we could see that blueprint, we would like trip out. We'd be like, yes, (laughs) yes, what an awesome destiny that is. We would choose the very one that he's doing. But we can't see it, and so we don't trust them. And so we just have to trust them ahead of time. Like, Lord, I trust that everything that's happening to me is father-filtered. I trust your timetable. I trust your heart that you know what's coming, and you know what to do when. And if there's something you're keeping from me, it's because of your good heart toward me, not because of your bad heart toward me. That's good. So um, it sounds like those first three internal ones are really there's a lordship thing going on. There's a Christ lordship in my life and my heart. 
and in my leadership, um, where he's really forming the character, he's, he's, uh, humbling me and I'm deciding God's worth it. I'm submitting to his timetable. I'm submitting to his version, his way of promotion. That's so counterintuitive sometimes to our That's leadership, discipleship, man. our leadership. Oh my gosh. That's like close the deal, you know, yep. make the decision, make it happen. Yep. Let's build it. Start it tomorrow. And, um, you got to pump the brakes. It sounds like to go through these first three yep. steps. I can't wait. What, that's, what's, uh, that's it. What's the next one, man? What's number four? Man, that's so good. And and let me just let me just put a little asterisk by what you just said because it's so true and real. And I've seen you do this super well. We all stumble through it, but th- this is the tension, my friends. Like, there's always this. If I'm going to be a leader, it's all about getting the thing done and 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 seeing super clear. And if I'm going to be a disciple, there's this whole thing where I let go. I have no idea what God's doing. He's he's rubbing my face over the gravel, the sandpaper, <laughs> you know, all the hell off of me. So. Um, and that's always happening at the same time. And we just need to remember that we're, we want to embrace the heart work and not just get ahead in the, you know, in the temporal or the earth work. So yeah, number four. Um, and, and again, this is where we're getting into the external stuff. So be it's number four is don't shrink back. So this is where we might be tempted to feel sorry for ourselves. And in that we begin to reduce excellence. We begin to to give it a little bit less. And, and there's even maybe a little baby whiny thing that's happening where we're like, well, fine, God, I'll just get <laughs> off focus then and busy myself. Since you don't want to do this, I'm going to get into hobbies or I'm going to get into the world or, or there's someplace we're not getting what we want. So well, forget it then. I'm just going to kind of take myself out of the race. And and David didn't do that. Like you right. never read David's like, I'm just going to go be in a cave and, and no one's ever going to find me. Like he could have done that. He could have right. just disappeared, right. but he didn't. And so I think we just want to, Hey, if we're going to pass the heart test and be reliable for the Lord, that means I don't need accolades to keep doing it. I'm going to do it whether anyone sees me. I'm going to be a grateful leader. I'm going to be a generous leader. I'm going to be blessing others, doing for them what I wish someone would do for me. Yeah. I'm going to have a great attitude. And I'm going to recognize that there might be a sanctification issue in me that if I like, if I can't go very long without being really discontent about where I am in life, I'm not saying there's not a time when the Lord wants you to take some steps of faith, but when when he's not leading you to do that and when it's like no matter what you do, you can't break ahead to that next level, there needs to be an understanding, oh, maybe my discontent is a sanctification issue that he's trying to heal. Maybe he wants me to not have my joy in circumstances. Hmm. Maybe I need more time in prayer or I just need to pray that in my serving opportunities or in my leading opportunities that I'm just more about joy in Jesus and joy in others. Um, instead of trying to just be somewhere I'm not and always angry about it. Like, dude, you got to find a way to be happy in the Lord. Yeah. Like whatever you got to do, man. And, and the last rock we look under is there's something wrong with my heart, <laughs> but that's where we probably need to start. Yeah. I th- I've seen that show up in, in, in how it verbalizes is I feel like I don't belong here or, yep, yep. Um, oh my gosh, we see that a lot. Yeah. Like, like, uh, do I belong here in this, in this organization in this team or whatever? And, you know, I think you said it earlier, but uh, self pity is is a demonic attack. I think that's what that is. When when the enemy, it's only the enemy that would show up at a church where like the grace of the Lord is. Come on, and you're a part of the family. You absolutely 100 percent belong, and submit to the idea you don't belong here. Yeah, like that's yep. that's Satan's voice. Totally. Right. And I think what you're talking about in this fourth point, not shrinking back, is there's an internal resolve, kind of a a strength and courage warrior spirit to push back against that and say, 
Um, absolutely, I do. I have a sword in my hand for a reason, and I'm cutting cutting the devil's head off. I think there's got to be a discipleship orientation that, like, things aren't as random as they seem. Right. Like, the Lord's <laughs> he's trying to cook something here, and he's even using the enemy yeah. to try to get us to respond the right way yeah. instead of just to have, like, a victim give up spirit. And I know it's hard, but it's, you don't get a choice. You either do that or you just lie down on the road and let the devil run over your face. Yeah. So. That's so good. What's number five? That's number five. Honor and serve those above and below and around you in the Lord. Sometimes now I've seen this trick a lot. You've seen this trick. The enemy has a way when when we're not getting what we want, when we're not getting promoted or go in the direction or as fast as we want or open doors or influence or whatever it is. This is a real dangerous one. He begins to accuse those who have any kind of say or have any kind of power or have any kind of leadership over us. Mm -hmm. He can begin to accuse them and say, they're holding you back. And so I would just want to remind everybody, um, hey, man, you need to keep serving, not for the sake of man pleasing, but to demonstrate your love and reliability before the Lord that you're going to act like David and not like Absalom. Because the enemy is always going to be there to accuse your human authorities and say they're, they're keeping you from something. And you're going to be tempted to roll up like Absalom and be like, I'm just going to take it. Yeah. And, that man, that's a great way to get dead like Absalom. I mean, I don't mean literally dead, but I'm just saying, man, don't oppose the Lord like that. Like, honor those who are above you. Don't blame them. Because the truth is, dude, if it were God, you'd be there. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you were ready. Right. You'd be out of the oven. Yeah. So so <laughs> it's not their fault. And probably they had their own test they had to pass. Um, and so just keep on being gracious, keep on honoring, pass the test and just say, I'm going to be found to be a reliable servant. I'm going to serve those who are over me in the Lord. Um, I'm going to, because really I'm serving Christ in the context of men. And if the Lord doesn't raise me up, it's not going to happen. It's given them way too much credit to think that a human is the problem with your promotion. Come on. Like, yep. The yep. Lord is, is sovereign over that and governing that. Praise so, God. That's so true. That's huge. Man, I think, um, where I've seen this go well is, uh, and I'm not always doing it right, but when I'm when I'm getting it right, I'm thinking about it like I'm going to get my leader his win. I'm going to get you, your, Mark, you're my leader. I'm going to try and get you your win. And even everybody else around me, even the people that I lead, the people on my team, I'm going to try and get them their win. Come on. So I'm preferring them um, and really trying to honor and serve those above, below, and around me in, in the Lord. That's that's humongous. Come on, man. That's powerful. That That is – welcome back, everybody. This is called Basic Christianity 101. <laughs> like you yeah. serve people. Yeah, like so believe it or not, that's how it continues as well. These are all so good. I can't believe we're almost done. What's the what's the final one? Yeah, number six is seek to invest in others and let God worry about promoting you higher. So, hey, we all know this. Leadership is influence. That, that's what John Maxwell taught us all. Um, and Jesus is right. The greatest among you will be the servant. And there's really no other shortcut. Like the greatest among us is those who have demonstrated long-term faithful serving. So... Um, I think one of the, another thing that we see commonly in the church, and it's you know it's it's not a high percentage, but it's a percentage. It's a consistent percentage of folks who really are thinking like positional leaders rather than like relational leaders. And what I mean is they want a title before they've learned to serve and build into people. They're like, if you give me a title, then I can boss people around. Right. <laughs> and like, dude, I'm sorry, you're still thinking about it too worldly. If you go back to John Maxwell's five letters of lead or five uh, levels of leadership, remember, you've got the first one, which is positional. And all that means is people have to do what you say because you have a title. They don't necessarily want to do what you say. It's not because you're very good. It's not because you're very loving. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's the, that's the assistant manager, boss and people are like he's a CEO. Exactly. Yeah. And and nobody, you know, like you, everyone listening has had a leader like that. And you're like, oh my word. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't follow them because you want to. And we need to be the kinds of leaders people would follow because 
They want to. And this is where we become relational leaders. And sometimes the Lord hasn't promoted us because we haven't learned to do this well. In other words, we need to be investing in the people around. We need to be uh, finding out about their lives. We need to be finding out, you know, like how to love them, making it about them, because really that's how we're going to gain leadership. That's how we gain weight and credibility in their lives. Anyway, my friends, you and I, we want someone who's going to follow us because they want to. But that takes a season of training. Like we need to learn how to how to do that and get our minds off ourselves. And I feel like sometimes we're just missing that entire conversation. People want to get raised up. But I'm like, no, man, go back to the Jesus way. The Jesus right. way is you take a towel, you begin to serve, you, you, know, you, you teach people that you love them. And, and by the way, who do you think is going to follow you later? Well, right. ideally, the people you've invested in, because then, you know, they're going to they're going to be they're going to stick with you through a whole lot more than just titles. Yeah, and the and the authority over you can't. That's the thing they can't give you anyway. They can't. They can put your name on a org chart and give you a title and give you an office, but they can't give you relational influence. They can't give you the loyalty of the people you're supposed to be leading. Come on, man. And that's the thing that you can be working on. So, um, yeah, wherever you are, whatever position you have, whatever level you know on, on an org chart or, or off an org chart that you have. Uh, I think what you're saying in, in number six is that you can be you can be sowing into the relationships around you right now and be an influential person in the room, and then if the Lord decides to raise you up as a leader, then you've got Come people on. ready to follow you anywhere, just like David. I like this guy; he's smart. That's why we call him Beardy. <laughs> so good, man. Well, this is awesome. Do you have any any closing thoughts for us? You know, I think I would just want to encourage people. Sometimes, if you know, like me, maybe. You haven't been always reliable and, and like you, you feel like you messed something up. And I would just encourage you, man, there's still hope. Don't let that throw you too long because, because of Jesus and because of, um, the favor that he can put on our lives. Uh, it can take a while to correct, but it's, it's fixable. Mm. You know, just rebuild that reputation. Uh, and the way you do that is, is bro, sister, first you just humble yourself. Yeah. Like you just remember stability accelerates success. And as we teach not only people, but we pass the test before the Lord, you're going to find me faithful. You're going to find me reliable. I can't do everything, but I'm going to do everything that I can in order to do what God has called me to do. I feel like if, if we can do that, God will keep moving us forward maybe a little faster than we thought. That's so good, man. Yeah, and that blog that, that you wrote, the uh, the leadership mistake you, you may not see coming on one we're talking about right now. One of my favorite quotes from that was, because of the grace of God, it is okay to occasionally blow it, miss the mark, or stay home sick. He doesn't promote only perfect people because he doesn't have any. Uh-oh. Um, that's humongous, man. I'm so thankful for that. And I think the idea you're presenting there is you've got, on, on the one hand, you've got this infinitely gracious God who's... Absolutely, you know your our imperfections are completely forgiven, and that's like the business he's in. And then you've also got, on the other hand, he's he's looking for and promoting hard work and a growing character. Come on, all those things that take time to to build. So, so. what a God we serve! Stay tuned for another best of episode coming soon. And if you'd like to learn more about Pastor Carter's sabbatical and how you can be praying for him this summer, just head to fierce.church/sabbatical. Thanks for listening. Thank you.